Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Crypto. What do we know about crypto? Not much. So let's figure crypto out together. So let's Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of What the Heck is Crypto? Got a great episode for you here today. I'm your host, Stephen Cesaro. We're going to be talking a little bit about the new bill introduced by Senator Elizabeth Warren that, if uh, passed, could absolutely destroy the the entire crypto industry, especially here in the United States. Uh, first, though, I want to talk a little bit about the TradFi world. We had some some big days today, Tuesday. Uh, CPI prints, and then the Fed FOMC meeting on uh, on Wednesday. So on Tuesday, the uh, CPI numbers came in, the inflation numbers, and they were very cold, uh, colder than most uh, every analyst out there was predicting. And and the markets initially interpreted this as a, a very bullish event. The S and P, Nasdaq were up three uh, or four percent basically immediately at the open on Tuesday, but but a funny thing happened after that. I mean, they basically traded at the highs at the open, and then we just saw a massive sell-off uh, the rest of the day. Uh, ultimately, they closed uh, barely up on the day. Uh, crypto had a similar thing. We went up on the news and then uh, traded back down. Uh, this was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people. I think a lot of people thought a cold inflation print was going to be uh, bullish and uh, risk back on. But it, it seems like something's... Uh, Something's amiss uh, in the markets, and I'll get, get to that in a little bit. But um, yeah, next day, Wednesday, we saw the FOMC meeting. The Fed hiked 50 basis points, um, as expected, by the market. So, so no surprise there, but I, I think where the surprise came in was in the, uh, the, the press conference and in the, uh, the, the dot plots that are released by uh, the, the, the Fed board members. So... For those of you who don't know, in these meetings, there's a there's a little dot plot released where everybody in in the Fed sort of plots where they think interest rates are going to be over the next you know couple of years, and the the market's been kind of getting ahead of itself, pricing that the the Fed is going to basically back off, uh, either you know raise rates less than they predicted or or or, or stop before they they get so high, um, but. When the dot plot came out, it, it looked like everybody pretty much was kind of on board, keeping rates uh, really high uh, through the end th- through the end of next year. I think only two people on the the Fed board 
came in and said they, they believe interest rates would be under 5%. Uh, Jerome Powell then got up in the press conference and didn't seem particularly impressed with the, the CPI numbers. He, he came out uh, very hawkish, uh, in my opinion, said there's still work to be done on inflation. They have not seen clear and convincing evidence. Um, this isn't a huge surprise to me. Uh, Powell's been pretty, pretty adamant that he wants to be more like former Fed chair Paul Volcker, uh, Volcker not like former Fed chair uh, Arthur Burns. Arthur Burns was uh, infamous for taking his foot off the off the gas too quickly when it came to uh, crushing inflation. Uh, we had a double dip in terms of in inflation in the 70s. Paul Volcker, notorious for keeping rates high, painfully high for a long time, uh, but ultimately uh, breaking the back of inflation in the 80s. So so Powell wants to be like his mentor, Volcker. I think he wants to keep rates up probably longer than they should be, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, I think the, the markets heard this news and we, we sold off even more. Crypto sold off, uh, stocks uh, sold off. And, and, and as I'm recording this, uh, we're, we're about you know, 12, 1260, I believe, uh, on Ethereum uh, from a price in the uh, 1300s before, uh, before all this kind of uh, took place. So it's a lot of volatility this week. We're trying to figure out how this is all going to shake out. Um, my take on this is that for, for most of the year, markets have really been trading a lot on where interest rates are going to go and, and where liquidity is going to go. Um, the idea being that if the Fed is really, really like in rates hard, it's going to be hard for, for equities to rally and, and hard for, for cryptos to rally in, a, in an environment where we're juicing interest rates like that. Um, but I think that when we saw the market sell off Tuesday on the supposedly uh, good news that you know inflation is coming down, uh, the, the fact that we did go down there and not up, it, I don't know, it kind of says to me that there's maybe a bit of a regime shift in, in the market. And, and, you know, one of the reasons you can see inflation go down typically is because economies sometimes, you know, when you go into a recession, you know, things start cooling off, people spending less money, traveling less, um, people are getting laid off. Um, you see less demand for goods and you see prices come down. So I think the market's having a little bit of a wake up call now saying like, uh, oh, oh crap. Well, yeah, I guess it's great that maybe interest rates are not going to go up as high, but um, maybe that means we're going to get a recession now. And um, S&P 500 is not really priced for a, a recession just yet in, in, in earnings. So if we start to see earnings, uh, you know, being guided lower in, in Q1 of next year, I, I really think that could you know, be a be a moment where the stock market sells off again, maybe even to to new lows. And 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 I do think that that would be bad for crypto. I think crypto is kind of uh, going to go along with it if if that happens. Um, the one interesting thing here is that we've we've never really seen crypto go through a recession. I mean, the last recession we had was uh, you know two thousand eight uh, or so, and that was when. Bitcoin was created, it, you know, came out of the depths of the great financial crisis. So anybody who's telling you that they know it's going to happen to crypto in a recession, I, you know, I think is, is uh, lying to you if they're saying they're certain about that. Um, I, I would bet that it's not going to be bullish for us. I, I think when people go through hard times and they have to sell stuff, one of the first things they're going to want to sell are these, um, you know, these little magic internet coins. So I'm not feeling 
too great about the near term future. I've 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 bought a little bit at these prices. I I think these prices are really good on Bitcoin and Ethereum. If you've got a really long term outlook, and it's it's very difficult to predict what is going to happen. So even if I think that we are going lower, um, I think it still makes sense to you know put ten or twenty percent of uh, of your stack in at these prices if you've if you've got the cash sitting on the sidelines. And that way, if you're wrong and everything goes up, you still make money and you feel good. Uh, but if everything crashes, then you're you're feeling good. You didn't invest at all, and you've got a lot of uh, a lot of cash sitting there uh, on the sidelines, ready to go. Um, so that's kind of my generalized plan. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a sell-off kind of into early next year. Um, I think you may get a chance if you want to take a little, uh, trade to, to buy some Ethereum, maybe in the, uh, you know, thousand range again, we might revisit those lows. And then I, I think there is going to be a point next year where the market actually rallies again and everything seems pretty good. And before we ultimately, I think there will be some sort of credit event. There will be some recession. There will be some uh, event that that happens. I mean, we've just raised interest rates so fast um, and to 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 such a high level. It's 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 hard for me to imagine that uh, things aren't going to break. Um, yeah, it's just really hard for me to get enthusiastic about crypto um, from from an investment standpoint when it's just such a high likelihood that we see. Uh, a recession next year. So I think if you're patient, I think if we end up getting the recession in kind of Q3, Q4 um, of next year, you, you could see crypto prices finally bottom out there. I'm really interested in buying Ethereum kind of like in the 700s. I think that's a a good level for me. I can, I can definitely see us um, going there either in the second or third quarter. Um, I, I do think there is like a kind of a bit of a left tail risk heading into next year too. I mean, it, it is possible we could have a very nasty crash and a very nasty crash could take us to, to $300 Ethereum or, you know, even something crazy like, you know, six, $6,000 um, Bitcoin. Um, and that would, uh, that would be a lot for people. Um, I think this is, uh, this is amplified by the fact that we, we still have so many unanswered questions as to like what the full extent of contagion is from, um, from the FTX crash, from, from Luna, from, from Voyager, from Genesis, like all of these companies that went under last year. I mean, the, it, we still really don't know the full extent of like how entangled all of these companies were and, and what, what kind of loans are going on in the background. Who's, who's still maybe insolvent out there. There's even rumors swirling this week that that Binance um, could be in trouble. And while I don't think that's the case, I, I still think if you're a user, you should be keeping like as little money on exchanges as possible. If you're not actively trading, I really don't recommend custodying any coins on an exchange because they're, they're not your, they're not your coins and you just, uh, you just don't know what, what's going to happen. So yeah, um, prepared for the worst, but expecting a, you know, a, a moderate recession, a moderate dip in crypto prices, maybe another 50% down from here as, as, as gross as that sounds. Um, but then, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get ready to, to load up, uh, <laughs> load up the bags again, because I, I, I don't think crypto is, is, is going anywhere in, in the long run. Um, although there may be, you know, trouble uh, on the, the horizon and a lot of that trouble now is coming uh, from the government. There's that saying, you know, first they, uh, First they ignore you and then they laugh at you and then they fight you and then, and then you win. Well, I think we're kind of getting into, we're, we're, we're 
maybe being laughed at right now, uh, understandably, but we're also transitioning, I think, into the uh, they fight you phase. And we're, we're starting to see some pretty, pretty big attacks from government now. Um, a lot of politicians are standing on their soapboxes and kind of using uh, FTX as this, uh, you know, this, this cudgel to beat us down with as though um, FTX is sort of a, somehow representative of, you know, what sort of OG cryptos like uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, stand for. It's of, it's of course, uh, couldn't be farther from the truth if you know anything about the space. But um, a lot of these people, unfortunately, are, uh, you know, ignorant at best, opportunistic at, at worst, and, you know, looking to further their, their own careers by uh, trying to, to, to stamp us out here. And uh, there's no bigger offender uh, of this, in my opinion, than uh, Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, she introduced the uh, Digital Asset Anti-Money Laundering Act uh, this week, and it's um, perhaps the most egregious bill that's, that's ever been proposed um, because it, it would literally kill crypto as we know it if it were to pass. I mean, we would probably go through it at, at best like a, many, many, many years long uh, winter uh, before coming back, if we ever did. Um, this, this bill would effectively force anybody who does any work on blockchain, whether that is you uh, running a, like a node that validates transactions on the network, on your computer, or even if you are a developer who writes code for the network, like this bill would oblige you to um, register as a financial institution. Like think about that, a developer for Bitcoin would be forced to register as a financial institution. With that financial institution registration, you have the obligation to, to identify and record personal information of every person who uses your software or sends uh, transactions um, over the internet through your computers that are running nodes. Um, you are obligated to develop um, AML anti-money laundering programs that like block people from using your software or, you know, accessing the network through your computer. If um, it's suspected, those people are moving funds related to crime, you know, basically turns you into this like arm of the, the state. Um, you're also required to file reports about uh, users without a warrant government request or, or a probable cause as a, any sort of trigger. Um, and it would also ban just completely any transactions uh, that are uh, using any sort of privacy protection tools um, or privacy coins altogether, you know, like, like, like Z coin, you know, you know, if this, if this were to pass, it would just really set us on the fast track to a sort of like future dystopian financial hellscape, I think. Um, because like in, in, in short, this, this would make any sort of permissionless blockchain completely available to all Americans and, you know, likely other countries in the world would follow suit behind us because we kind of are a, a bit of a bully uh, on the in international stage and we wield a lot of uh, influence. Um, and with, with the blockchain out of the way, with permissionless blockchain out of the way, uh, we'd be basically paving the way for this like future of enhanced government uh, financial surveillance. And it would all be done in the name of quote unquote um, protecting us. But, but what exactly are they protecting us from? Um, like FTX, are they going to protect us from FTX happening again? Well, FTX, first of all, isn't crypto. Um, the Bitcoin network didn't steal anybody's money. Um, FTX was a trusted third party um, that stole our money. Uh, stole our money with, uh, you know, via quote unquote, uh, good old 
fashion embezzlement. Um, as the lawyer overseeing the, the, the bankruptcy case told the Congress uh, the other day, it, the, 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 the very existence of FTX uh, in the first place, by the way, uh, and the disaster it caused is, is actually the direct fault of our, our government overlords. Um, because for years they've failed to provide any sort of workable regulatory infrastructure for crypto here in the U.S. And that's basically forced all of the good actors who are you know, trying to comply with the law out of the market and created this vacuum for bad people to come in and to offer these products uh, in, in foreign jurisdictions past the arm of uh, U.S. And, and European and, and regulators. And, and to make matters worse, even when those exchanges did come into existence, skirting all these laws, like at the very least, you would think that these organizations like the, you know, the SEC, which are supposedly charged with um, protecting, um, you know, U.S. consumers and, and, their, and their finances, um, that was a huge failure as well, because nobody, nobody saw this. You know, the SEC was they're too busy, you know, prosecuting Kim Kardashian for, for NFT promotions um, while FTX blew up to the tune of, you know, 10 billion uh, plus dollars. Um, and then like Warren just comes in and ha has the nerve to say that like the government needs to, to, to protect us. They need to regulate this. Well, you know, no, no thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What can truly protect you as, as, as a crypto user from, from theft and, and financial repression is your ability to learn how to use and self-custody your own crypto on the blockchain out of the reach of those um, who would seek to uh, separate you from money. Like these, these kind of evil trusted third parties, um, the, the FTXs, the Celsiuses of the world, who basically took users' money um, and, you know, behind this uh, wall where you can't see what's going on, unlike the blockchain where we can verify all the transactions, they, they gambled away everybody's um, users' deposits, right? But paradoxically, this bill would end up effectively outlawing the, the, this, this very self-custody um, that would have protected you from uh, collapses like FTX uh, in Celsius. So it's just this absolute double trippy, triple whammy of it's, 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 it's disgusting. Really. It is, it is, it, it is so gross. And this bill too, like it, it, it has nasty implications outside of, of, of just crypto. So even if you don't care about crypto, um, well, first of all, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast anyway, <laughs> but, but even if you don't care about crypto, like, um, the, the fact that this bill basically forces developers to register with the government, um, for, for the code they publish. I mean, this is sort of like a, a really gross and unconstitutional uh, overreach on, on, on free speech. Like a developer writing code, it, it should be no different than a, a poet, like writing a poem um, in, in protests of the government. Like, are we going to start forcing the, the poets to, to register with the government? Uh, like, where, do, where does this end? Like, this is a nasty uh, precedent if this is uh, improved. And it's, it's like very easy to see how this like slippery slope could just like really, uh, really 
take us off the cliff here. Now, ultimately, as a society, it is it is inevitable that like technological advances over the you know the coming decades are are going to move us away from using any sort of physical cash, you know, gold, et cetera. And, and, and these, these, these physical forms of money have historically played a really critical role as like this sort of check on government overreach, you know, having physical money, having gold, it, it, it allows you to maintain some semblance of, of, of privacy and ability to, to, to freely transact, um, you know, where and with whomever you, you choose. But we're at a fork in the road now because that's that's going away. I think like that the physical form of money is going away, and with it, that sort of critical check on 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 government power. And, and now we have to choose like this this path that we're going to go on because it, like ultimately we're we're going to take a left turn or a right turn, and on on the right turn, eventually this tech like if if we allow the governments to censor crypto to basically. Uh, take it over. Um, we're going to end up in an end state that looks like authoritarian China. Without crypto to check government power and without physical cash to check government power, there are no obstacles preventing our government from doing exactly what China has done. And for the, those of you who don't know, I mean, China has launched a digital yuan. It is like this central bank digital currency. And it it is it is terrifying with, with what it can do. I mean, the, the, imagine... The government can see every single dollar that you have in your name, where you've sent it. Um, it can it can tax you on specific purposes, uh, purchases. It can it can penalize you um, with particular interest rates for for behaviors um, that are not even like outside of your credit score. Like imagine getting like higher interest rates because you're just like a quote unquote you know, bad citizen, right? That they do that in China. They have social credit scores that affect your money. And in like a worst case scenario, you can be unplugged from the entire financial system with just like a, the, the flip of a switch. It's, it, it's a really terrifying road that we're at the, on, the, on, on the precipice of, of, of going down right now, right? And the alternative to going down this, this, this horrible sort of dystopian road is to go down the road of using technology to, to, to change the very nature of money, to, to go to this more decentralized and permissionless world of money that is enabled by a cryptocurrency. And I'm not saying that like, we're all going to just use Bitcoin and that's going to be the world reserve currency, because I, I, I think that is, you know, kind of, kind of stupid, um, quite frankly, but, but I do see a world in which Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and, and stable coins and, and, and even tokenized government assets like bonds, like these things can all sort of coexist um on the blockchain and we can have a world where people still can use government money and because it's 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 safe and it's convenient and it, it provides like a service to 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 people right um like like fiat currency isn't all that bad of a thing right the problem in life sometimes comes when like th things just become too powerful they become unchecked right so so giving people the ability to use you know digital dollars but also having it take place in a, in a permissionless system where they also can freely change that money to bitcoin they can freely change that to the digital swiss francs or or or, or digital t-bills or whatever it is um it, it, it we could go to this like kind of more utopian end state where we have all of these different forms of money competing with one another in this this open 
permissionless system and like the free market is going to effectively make money better for the people instead of like putting money behind this wall of basically like government violence, which is kind of like what we're, what we're doing right now. So the end state is either like there's, we just like amp up the government violence. We amp up the authoritarianism and in, in, in an effort to, to kind of corral people in and, and trap them in the system in the same way that China has done or we have to sort of stand up for, for our rights and like demand of our politicians that like this is not uh, okay. Because again, even if you don't like crypto, even if you don't care about crypto, even if you think it's a complete scam, I still think that the vast majority of you out there don't want to live in a world where the government is basically like taking out all the competition out back and, and, and shot it in the head like a mobster. And like it's going to corral and force everybody into this like super dystopian central bank digital currency that can just see everything you do and, and just turn all your money off and on at will. Cause that's, that's not a world I, I want to live in. And, 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 and I hope that you, you all agree with me on that. Um, so on that note, I, I would say pay attention to who your politicians are, pay attention to what they think about crypto. This next election, I think, especially the next presidential election is going to be a really pivotal moment for us. Um, like I said, we are kind of, you know, <laughs> at a fork in the road and we could go down a really great path or, or a really dark path. And, and, and I just want you to all be aware of, 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 of how important this is and, and to be vigilant and to, you know, stand up and, and say something and, and make your voices heard because this is bigger than, this is bigger than crypto. This is about, this is about freedom. Uh, right to privacy, free, free speech, like really fundamental issues that are, are, are super important uh, to all of us. So on that note, um, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode this week. Uh, if you're not following me on Twitter, uh, give me a follow there at uh, Steven Cesaro. You can find that uh, in the show notes. And uh, if you enjoy crypto, you want to find some people to uh, chat crypto with, you want to you talk to me, um, I'm hanging out every day in the uh, Alfalfa Pod Discord. You can find that at alfalfapod.com. Uh, come in there. There's a bunch of people who listen to this podcast, listen to my other podcasts. We hang out. Uh, we talk about crypto. <laughs> we talk about life. Um, you know, have a great time. Uh, it's a good community. It's really helping us get through these uh, difficult bull market times. And uh, we're all excited to uh, buy, to, buy the bottom together and, uh, <laughs> and get rich in the next bull market. So I uh, hope you join us there. Hope you follow me on Twitter. And I uh, hope you tune in next week for what I know will be another great episode. Have a great week, everyone. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.